But the fact of the matter is, is that the way we know it from the Bronx is what Kaz said to me, that you know, hip hop as we know it was from 73, which Kaz is one of the original MCs, Grandmaster Kaz of Coke Crush Brother. All of that time, and then we go into records, and then just seeing it elevate, and, and then you got TV shows, you got movies, you got, it's just expanded in so much. I went from a DJ to a filmmaker, you know, a uh, 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 little bit of acting too. I suck, but I did it. <laughs> hip, hip hop really has the power to change the world. It still does. You got certain people that got their hands on it, turned it into something else, which I don't call hip hop. I ain't gonna build on it, but it's not, I don't call it hip hop. Malik's first job podcast, here to answer any questions that y'all ask. Financial literacy and resources, parents and young people becoming bosses, CEOs, future leaders, entrepreneurs, conferences and boardrooms getting sponsors secured. If you want generational wealth, Brooklyn's own Curran Phillip with information to help. Malik's first job podcast, Malik's, Malik's podcast. Brooklyn's own Curran Phillip, Curran, Curran Phillip. Malik's first job podcast, podcast, pod, podcast, Brooklyn's own, Curran Phillip, Generation Wealth. Our special pop-up exhibition celebrating 50 years of hip-hop. Before I get started, I would like to acknowledge Senator Bagby and his lovely wife, Thank you for joining us today. To say June has been a great month is an understatement. We kicked off with a special Freedom Friday presentation that featured a jazz hip hop artist and later in the month invited our members to a hip hop line dance fe featuring Kamel Patton. If y'all missed that, woo, it was a workout, it was a workout. We welcomed many visitors who came to see the exhibition and it was so nice to see the reactions as they viewed the artifacts and reminisced about their lives related to the artists and their songs. Some even imagined themselves mixing and scratching on the turntables through the glass on the display, if you haven't seen it yet. Black Music Month provides an opportunity for BHMVA and others to shine the light on the extraordinary African-American musical artists and all of those who are a part of the music process. It takes the musicians, writers, producers, agents, and of course, the DJs that brings the beats to the airways. From Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight to Burner Boy's, Burner Boy's version of Sitting on Top of the World, hip hop has served as the poetic soundtrack to many of our lives and Virginia has always had a hand in developing that sound. We are thankful to Lonnie B, Mike Street, and El Bravador for sharing their personal artifacts with us for this special presentation. We would also like to send a special thank you to Mickey Spencer for bringing her personal items to display today. Here at BH, we need a round of applause. So here at BHMBA, we often say we preserve the stories that inspire. We do this by developing and providing educational resources, services, and opportunities that promote and advance understanding of the history and culture of black people and African Americans in the Commonwealth. 
Through our exhibitions, programs, and cultural events, we tell the stories of Virginia's black history as a part of inclusive history of America and the world. Hosting pop-up exhibitions such as Dope Beats, Rap Queens, and Fly Jocks allow us to provide timely and relevant information and programs as we strive to fulfill our mission of educating all people about the rich history and contributions of those who came before us. We have a fun-filled and informative day planned, and we are so happy that you all could join us today. If you are a member, we thank you for your support and encourage you to make full use of your membership. And if you aren't a member, you already know what's coming. What's holding you back? Come on and join us. And in honor of today's closing event, if you join at the supporter level or greater, you'll receive a pack of hip hop stickers like the one that I'm wearing, which were created by artist Ron Stokes, who is also featured in our Art of Freedom exhibition upstairs. So once again, I would like to welcome you all to BHMBA, and let's start the program. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. How y'all doing? I said, peace, peace, peace. My name is Kerwin Phillip. I'm the, uh, the host of the Malik's First Job podcast, where we discuss leadership, entrepreneurship, and financial literacy for parents and teens. So even though nowadays my platform is around financial literacy and uh, entrepreneurship, you know, I grew up as a hip hopper, right? Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, in the uh, early 80s, you know, as a young elementary school kid, I was the one out there with my Adidas suit, windbreaker jacket, shell toe Adidas, outside the block, you know, on the cardboard break dancing. In the 90s, when I was in college at Morgan State University, I was rocking my baggy pants, Columbia jacket, Jansport, 40 below 10s, I mean, doing my thing, right? But now as an adult, right, 40 plus, I trade those Timberland 40 below for some uh, Timberland loafers, right? right? So yeah, so I'm here to kind of recognize, like I say, a lot of people like this year we talk about the 50th year uh, hip hop, 50th anniversary. And a lot of the uh, conversations talking about what took place in New York, right? But we have to recognize that as hip hop spread, every city embraced it and made it their own, right? So today we're celebrating what took place here in Central Virginia, yeah. right? So let's give a round of applause for. We have on stage several heavy hitters from the area, right? I guess all of them need no introduction, but for those that aren't familiar with these four icons on the stage, I'm allowed them to introduce themselves and give you all some background on who they are and what they're all about. I'm going to start the far end with my man Mike. Alright, um, before we even do that, as she snuck in the room, the first person to play hip-hop regularly on the radio. Mickey Spencer, right there. Stand up, Mickey. Please stand. Please stand. And just in case you're not able to equate what that is, like, that's major. Like, if it wasn't for her programming that station, I don't, I think hip-hop would probably be five, six years further down the line than it was. So, um, 
I personally thank you for that. Okay? And if you're cooking dessert, just let me know. I'll take it. Uh, my name's Mike Street. Um, I'm hip-hop made. Uh, grew up with it. Um, first came to my attention on the radio. Um, my direct influences are in this room, so this makes it cool. My man right here, El Bravador, DJ MC Fresh, right there, stand up fresh. Come on, man. I know your knees are brother. Your opinion. If it weren't for those two, I probably wouldn't have wanted to, to, to do radio. I probably wouldn't have wanted to DJ the way I do. You know that. You know. That's it. Everything else after that doesn't matter, but I just wanted to make sure I acknowledge those people. Yeah, <laughs> um, my name is uh, Lonnie Battle. Uh, go by DJ Lonnie B. Um, I'm actually humbled to be up here on the stage because kind of like Mike said, like um, I grew up listening to everybody that's on the stage and a lot of people that's in here. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, how did I even get up here? Um, but I've been DJing all my life. Um, my life is hip hop. Um, quit my job in 97 and I DJ from that point on all I've done is hip hop. And with hip hop, I've been able to send my kids to college. I've been able to, you know what I'm saying, make sure that my mom is good. I've been able to make sure that my brother and everybody's good. So I'm very thankful for hip hop. I wouldn't have met my wife if it wasn't for hip hop. You know, I had my own recording studio. She came in there to sing a song, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm very grateful for hip hop and, and that's it. My name is Jay Guan. I'm a hip hop historian and writer um, from here, Richmond, Virginia. Also inspired by people in this room, my label mate and friend here, uh, DJ MC Fresh. Definitely an inspiration on the radio. Uh, they played my record. Mickey Spencer, um, at a time when, when program directors could just say, we could bring a tape up to WKIE and just give it to Mickey and she put it on. Give it to Brad and there was no red tape. Um, my Southside neighbor here, Monique B, uh, you know, he learned from me, I learned from him. I mean, when hip hop started to, the equipment changed and, you know, samplers came in and people started doing these intricate things with samplers. He showed me, you know, hey, this is how they do it now, Jay. You know, showing the OG. And Mike Street, my, my Albert Hill. Uh, <laughs> we both went to Albert Hill, West End uh, connection there. So, uh, yeah, honor, honored to be here. And I'm El Bravador. I would like Mad Mixer and DJMC Fresh to stand. These are the brothers that I started out with. <laughs> Right here, they got in so much trouble in his mama house. Fresh, we would be in his mama's house. His mama didn't mind. His mama? Mad Mix's mama? She said, I'm cutting my house when I ain't here. We, we, he tell us, come on in the house anyway. But it's been 40, 40 plus years for us struggling, trying to get this thing to where it is today. And I'm getting emotional because I remember that struggle we went through. I just remember it. Like it was yesterday, I'm coming out of WANT and I get attacked by five people. Y'all didn't know that. They weren't brothers from the neighborhood. 
These were suit and tie people that didn't look like us. They threatened me and said, stop playing that mess on the radio. Maybe I should have told them to go to hell. I don't know. Maybe I should have told them that. I come out of WANT at 12.15 one night and I get attacked. That didn't stop me. That didn't stop them. None of this is, will, will ever stop me. That's why I did the documentary. That was my piece. The early was said that. I, I said I won't go act like this. I really did. But it's been a struggle for us. I had to take my hats off to Lonnie, Mike Street, and of course Jay. Jay failed to mention he writes for Rock the Bells, LLQJ's website. He needs to get a round of applause right now. has endured a lot also. He has a story. Mike has a story. We all do. Barry has a story. Fresh has a story. We all have a story because we did this because this is part of our lives. This is part of us. I'm 57 years old. I've been through cancer and hepatitis. And I beat it all with the grace of God. Amen. So I say all of that to you today is because I come to you with an open heart to let you know that it took us a long time to get here. Are you an MC, battle rapper, hip hop enthusiast, or singer songwriter looking to enhance your skills? If the answer is yes, then definitely check out Pendulum Inc. Academy. Pendulum Inc. developed a direct path to enhancing an MC skill set and understanding of the hip hop business by providing access to classes conducted by industry experts in the areas of rap theory, lyrical and literary technique, content creation, branding, and hip-hop mental health. By nurturing creativity through lyricism, Pendulum Inc. encourages students to break societal norms within hip-hop and academia alike. With a lexicon of over 50 rap techniques, legendary guest teachers, and a community of MCs sharpening their skills, Pendulum Inc supports artists in all stages of their career and their lives. For more information about Pendulum Inc. or to register for the Academy, please visit the link in the show notes below. Peace. Malik's first job, Financial Principles for Teens, is an excellent resource to get your children started on understanding the basics of financial literacy. This book, which is set in Brownville, Brooklyn, about a young man who gets his first job and then shortly thereafter sits down with his dad to learn how to manage his money. There are several topics that are covered within this work, such as paying yourself first, disciplining your spending, knowing the difference between an asset and a liability, creating multiple sources of income, as well as the importance of being charitable. So again, if you wanna get your children started on understanding finance and becoming responsible adults, we highly recommend that you purchase the book, Malik's First Job, Financial Principles for Teens. So please visit maliksfirstjob.com to get more information. Peace. And Brooklyn went through. This man right here probably knows what I'm talking about. When they wanted to shut us down, they couldn't shut us down. Even with the new stuff today, 
They're still trying to shut it down. It's just like what Lord Richard said. It's the art. You have to accept it, whether it's good or bad. It tells a story of what's going on. So I am happy and overjoyed to be here and to be here with you all. I see so many familiar faces I haven't seen in years. And um, I'm glad y'all came here. But yes, I've done film. I've been DJing since 1981 with this man I started out with right here, Mad Mixer. Then I got with DJ MC Fresh because I went fast enough making him a tape. No, it was better. And then Fresh got into it. And then Fresh showed me another way to do mixing and stuff. I was kind of like, who hurt? We were just throwing records in. Fresh was blending, showing how to catch the beat. I couldn't catch nothing. <laughs> I couldn't catch nothing, but that man showed me. That's why I love him, and I have a lot of love for Barry. Mickey Spencer was there. She trusted us, like I said in the documentary. If it weren't for her pushing us and, and, and everything, that would have been fine. And what happened to me at WANT is when I left KIE, unfortunately, I had to leave. But when I was in WANT, I did stuff at night. And I would get phone calls all the time. Stop playing that mess. Stop playing that mess. And I didn't take people seriously. I said, that's why I'm coming to see you tonight. I said, yeah, your mama. <laughs> well, I mean, I should have said that yet. <laughs> so, yes, this is in me. It's in my blood. It'll never go away. It never will. So thank y'all so much. I got to thank I met my wife at KIE. I met my wife. Fresh met his wife, being on the radio. We all, Lionel met his wife in this music. Hip-hop is just embedded in us that way. It really is. And I ain't gonna take no more, I'm gonna let this man do the job. <laughs> but thank y'all, y'all forgive me, but I had to, I had to let y'all know. Thank you. All right, so let's start off by asking a question. Can each one of you explain or tell the story of, of when you got bit by the hip-hop bug? Jump in. I'll start since I did all that. Yeah. It, it bit me when I heard King Tim the Third. I was in Henderson Middle School. Uh, it kind of nibbled at me at that point because it was just King Tim the Third. I didn't know anything about hip hop. I didn't know it was just rap music. Then I heard Sugar Hill Gang. I'm like, okay. Then when I heard Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and Freedom, and I knew the song Freedom from being out previously. Of a couple of months, I believe it was out a couple of months before that, right? Historian, yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing raps to it, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is this is me." My brother was already uh, on the air. You may have heard of him, Chocolate Chip. That's my brother, and he was already on uh, the air. And I said, "I, I kind of want to do this thing." 1981. This was 1980. 1981 roll around, that man right there, Mad Mixer. We started DJing, and uh, we just used two, turn two tape decks. Yeah, we, didn't, we couldn't afford turntables. We couldn't afford that stuff. So we just started doing that, and then just rest is history. That's what, when it bit me. I'd say 1980, 79, 80 is when it bit me. Yeah, for me it was uh, 1979 like it was for a lot of people. Uh, Rapper's Delight, I think I was eight years old. Um, Good Times by Sheep was the record that summer. And like two months after Good Times, you know, these guys are talking over the record. And I think it was W-A-N-T where I first heard it. I just kept calling the station saying, you know, you play that record, the talking record. I didn't know the name of it. It was a 15-minute record. And, you know, radio works on advertisers and money, so most songs are three and a half minutes. It was a 15-minute record. He played the whole 15 minutes. 
And I, I thought the, D, the local DJ was joking, just talking over, you know, because he never heard anything like this before. I had never heard Pigme, Markham, and the early primitive um, versions of rap music. So it was definitely uh, Rapper's Delight. Then, you know, later on in Treacherous 3 and stuff like that, just pulled me in deeper and then hearing the message by Grandmaster Flash. But I think by the time the breaks came out the next year, that was the first time there was an instrumental copy, um, an instrumental song on the flip side of a record. And by that time, I was flipping that record over, writing my own little juvenile rhymes to Curtis Blow's uh, The Breaks. And I knew that's what I wanted to do, you know, for the rest of my life. Did, didn't know we'd be here this, you know, this many years later with it, but it was definitely Rapper's Delight. Um, for me, uh, I used to live in an apartment complex called Wamsley Terrace Apartments. And I remember being a kid and hearing Planet Rock for the first time. Um, I think Planet Rock, looking for the perfect beat. Uh, records like that, that whole breakdance electro funk era is um, when I got bit because I didn't know what it was, but I knew I gravitated toward it. And then, you know, not long after that, you know, the Run DMCs of the world, and um, it just, it was more uh, the music, the look, the lifestyle, and um, I just felt like I wanted to be a part of that. So that's around the time when I got bit by the hip hop book. Um, same as them. I heard the same songs, but with all of us, everyone in this room, you can tell you like a song or you really hate a song when you memorize the words or they get stuck in your head. And it was the bricks. Like, I liked Planet Rock, that was cool. I liked, you know, I liked Sugar Hill Gang. But it was just something about just sitting around and, hold on, I, all right, I got the first verse. And then you start the record over again and say, okay, I passed the first verse, now I'm in the second verse. And that's, it, it was at that point where it was like, I just sat here and memorized, what was it? How long was the break? Seven minutes, 30 seconds? Yeah, like I just memorized a seven minute song and can't memorize the capitals of all the states in the United States. That's how you know something resonates with you. And that was probably the first rap record that I memorized that resonated with me. So it's one thing to get bit by the hip-hop bug, right? I know a lot of us here you know, grew up on hip-hop and embraced the culture, but what was the turning point to make you say, I want to take this as a career? Embrace it as a career for yourself. Um, to, be, to, to be honest, I never had, a, I never had a, an idea of what I wanted to do in life. You know, people tell you what you want to do. You go to school because they tell you, hey, you're supposed to go to school. If you don't go to school, your parents will get in trouble. Right? And after that, your parents always tell you, you're supposed to go to college. I did that, but I had no idea what I wanted my career to be. It just happened. And um, I'm a firm believer in if something, um, if you're in tune with something and you stay in tune with it, a way will happen. You know, so I'm, I'm at the college station, I'm trying to get my, my econ degree, but I'm up at that radio station three, four days a week. And we were doing shows that were four to six hour shows. Graduated with no job, no idea what I wanted to do. But every weekend we were up at that radio station doing that. And then eventually that turned into, hey, how would you like to do this, you know, do this for money, you know, professionally? And that's what it was. I didn't know that I wanted to DJ for a living. I, you know, I was happy to accept money from DJ gigs. But it, to me, it wasn't a living thing. It was just something that you did and happened to get paid for. And um, 
it's still it's, it's, it's still close to that now. But you know, it's not the same as it was in you know the late '80s and early '90s as far as uh, you know making money and having that same feeling. But it's 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 closely related at this point. Um, for me, uh, I started throwing parties uh, early in my DJ career, um, never knowing that that would end up being what I would do for the rest of my life. Um, as far as the radio goes. I remember going up to 90.1 with uh, El Bravador and Mike Street, and uh, I used to go up there as a rapper. I, w I would just rap at the radio station. We used to do a thing called the UR House Party. Um, it was the, what was it called? The, the, at the end of the show, we oh, freestyle. freestyle clinic. Um, the last 30 minutes, we were just freestyle. So I built relationships with these guys from being a rapper, but they also knew that I DJ. Uh, when Mike Street graduated from college radio to go to Power 92, he needed somebody to fill his show. And Mike Street asked me that I want to take over the show. And I always tell people, I feel like that was the beginning of the, the radio career of Lonnie B. If he wouldn't have given me that opportunity to do that, which later on, I joined him at the commercial radio station. And I've been there for like 23, 24 plus years at this point. So that was the point that I knew that um, I wanted to be on the radio. Ironically, uh, when I met my wife, I wasn't on commercial radio um, yet. And I remember telling her that I wanted to be on radio. So to be here this far into my career and to say that she was there when it was just a dream, you know what I'm saying? Definitely means a lot to me. Yeah, it was never uh, about making a living for me. I never thought there was something you would make a living as. I just wanted to do it. Um, I was an MC, like I said, early on, in the early part of the 80s. Then Grandmaster Flash made a record called Adventures on the Wheels of Steel. It was the first time we heard scratching. And I said, okay, I want, I want to, I'm here to do, I'm here to rhyme, but I'm also supposed to be doing that because I always was in the records, you know, I was I was a DJ before I knew I was a DJ playing the music at the cookout or whatever and being able to read the crowd, your family looking at you like, why, why you put that on right now, you know? So you learn early from those mistakes. But I never thought it was something I could make money. Even by the time 87, when we made records, we didn't expect money. We opened up for Rock Him because of this man here. This man walked me up to Rock Him when I was 16 years old in the 10th grade. You know, and I shook Rock M's hand, Chuck D's hand, you know, we, we're doing that kind of stuff. Doing shows at the Coliseum, having to get up and go to school the next day. Still never thought it would be a career. And I mean, it hasn't really, hip-hop hadn't paid my bills to maybe the last, right around the time when, um, as bad as COVID was, when COVID hit, I had to rethink everything I was doing. I was already positioned myself as a historian and presenting stuff. But, you know, like it did with a lot of us, it made us sit down and say, what do you want to do next? And that's when I started to get the attention of different museums and people that want to do documentaries and people that want me to write for them. And I can feed my family with hip hop now, but like, again, I was eight years old when I started this. And I never expected money. And I'm 52 now, and it took that long. But not, not because I wanted to make money at it. I just, I never gave up on it. Cause you know, it's in the heart, you know? With me, um, I was just having fun. Fresh and I, you know, at Infinity Club, which is the old, the original Tropicana, but Infinity before that, where Dos Effects got discovered and everything. But uh, Infinity was um, the club that we, we would rock all the Generation of wealth.